the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. President Kennedy has been shot during his tour of the city of Dallas, Texas. A presidential aide, Larry O'Brien, said he had no information on whether the president is alive. But later reports indicate from Parkland Hospital in Dallas that the president is alive, although said to be critical. This is an unconfirmed report that the president is critical. Texas Governor John Connolly also was shot, has been taken to surgery in Parkland Hospital in Dallas, Texas. When the president was shot, Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed him, crying, oh no. Then the Secret Service ordered the motorcade to speed on to the hospital. Apparently, from witnesses at the scene, we can deduce that the attempted assassination was committed by a slender white young man, about 30 years of age, probably from the vicinity of the Texas Book Depository Building in downtown Dallas. Police and Secret Service men have now cordoned off that building. The center of downtown Dallas is in a virtual state of siege. They are combing the floors of the Texas Book Depository Building in an effort to find the suspected assassin. Morning, everybody. Peter Burles on a Saturday morning, November 18th, 2023. 63 will be the high today. Tomorrow, Sunday, 57 is going to have showers and going to be colder. And then Monday, it's going to be, well, perhaps even some snow, but it's going to be cold again on Monday. Unbelievable. 60 years ago, the 22nd of November, 1963, uh, the murder, the hit, the assassination of the President of the United States. And it doesn't ever go away. Uh, it's pretty, well, it's 100% overwhelming to believe or to know that the government tried successfully at first, now very unsuccessfully, to cover it up. I, uh, I I met her, I don't know how many years ago, when we got to do these Kennedy stories, and she's absolutely brilliant. I understand Sarah's under the under the weather this morning. Uh, Kentana Zachary, hey, welcome back, and thank you, and um, it is Saturday morning. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Peter, I'd love. I'm, I love the idea of coming back. We, to see you. We're, yeah. ha- we're having a rough phone connection. I can hear it. Um, let's. Can, can you start to move around the room? Right. See if we pick All up. All right. Our, let me see. Is uh, is this better? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. You're not on a speaker, are you? On a speaker. I took you off speaker. Yes. Okay. Good. That's one right. Um, talk about your background and why you were drawn to this and. And th- these most recent r- releases are amazing. So speak first about yourself, if you would, please. Uh, I, I appreciate Now, that phone, we got to, listen, we got to read down now because um, you're too important to have a shaky phone. What I'll do is I'll, I'll Lou, okay, well, well, or you call her, one, one or the other. Hang on, Katana, we'll be right back with you. Uh, everybody, 303 303- Six nine six nineteen seventy one. That was. You just can't listen to a radio show that's going to that at least reasonably important, and you can't hear it. Um, I'll back. I'm back Wednesday morning. Imaginary Thanksgiving Day parade is going to be from eight until ten. I'll be working a bunch of days next week, and I got a lot of uh, text messaging. What is what is the phone number? I'll pull this back up again uh, for HBOT Spas. It is. Three zero three three five three nine six two three. Remember, it's a it's a hundred bucks for five sessions. Three zero three three five three nine six two three. So that is that. Uh, we'll try it again. Say when, Lou, and we'll we'll bounce it up. There are so many different different now twists and turns in these sixty years, and the new evidence and the new books are just devastating. So. Are we up on top? We, is she on top with us, Lou? I don't know. We'll f- figure this out. But the most recent that's catching everybody's eye is this Paul Landis. And Landis was a young Secret Service agent. His job was to guard the First Lady, to guard Jackie. Is that her up there now? Help me still on the phone trying to get it through clean. He's now 88. And he began to make a decision laying out the recollections for his publication 
and it was really about that so the magic bullet theory. He found it, and he was a young guy, became a Secret Service agent. Lou, where is she? Okay, he's working it out. Okay. Uh, so it is um, it is these stories that that are keep being taken apart. One of the things that was interesting in the doctors, the doctors speaking from Parkland, and I, I never heard this or read this before, they did a paraffin, that's their paraffin test on Oswald's cheek after he was arrested. And it suggested he hadn't fired a rifle. Now, Again, what do you do with that? But this is this is all the new releases, and John Conley, the he was mentioned in that live wire report, the Texas governor who had been traveling in uh, the president's limo, he said, "Look, he said I I was not hit by that same bullet as Kennedy," and he, so that contradicts the Warren Commission's finding right away, and people were finding these giant holes now that we're able to see the the official story of Oswald, who nobody knew anything about. That's not true. Uh, we didn't know who this guy was, and I remember so well. We're going to try it? Oh, she's going to call us back. Okay. But Oswald, who nobody knew anything about. Oh, like, oh, we didn't know anything about him. He came out of nowhere. He shot the president. That story we know beyond reasonable doubt is false. It's a lie. Um, it goes on. Oswald... There's a really amazing character out of the CIA, and his his name is J, uh, James Angleton, James Jesus Angleton. And Angleton, they knew that for four years, now with the new releases of the documents, from December of 1959, they opened their first file to November 63. They knew him. Remember, if you're old enough to remember, um, you sit there and go, oh, he just kind of walked up and got into that building and took this mail-order gun, and he shot these people. And there's a, a guy by the name of Thomas Whalen, who I've been reading now, and he's the he's at Boston University, and he talks about new stuff. But what, did the new, what do these new documents show? I'm killing time. But um, there's, I mean, by now there's probably a thousand books about who murdered Jack Kennedy. And the second gunman theory now, they... The doctor's now saying the throat wound in Jack Kennedy came from the front. Want to try it again? All right, let's give it a shot. Contana, hey, let's try this again and do it right. Good morning. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. That's a little rough. I don't, we, let's see. Uh, boy, uh, continue. Let's see if it works out. Uh, first of all, a little of your background, please. Uh, no. researching. We, we can't. No, no not it's gonna bad. work. It's bad. Do you have somebody else some somebody else's phone we can try or <laughs> No, I'm the only one here at the uh, house. I uh, got rid of everybody. Now wait I'm a minute. Now, th- now that just sounded clear. That sounded really yeah. clear. Wherever you are, don't okay. move. Don't move. <laughs> okay, I'm saying don't move. All right. Um your background and how you got interested in doing this, and I understand Sarah's under the weather. Yes, she is. I was interested in this from the moment that I heard President Kennedy had been shot. Uh, I was 11 years old enough to appreciate how his story is. We're losing but you. Was, ah, damn it. Oh, I, oh well, we're losing you. Um, what do I do with this? <laughs> Blink. Uh, Lou, is there any? I, should, I, should I try to I'm sorry, say it again. Should I try? The phone speaker? Yeah, no speaker phones. No, that makes it okay. worse. All right. Um, okay. Hmm. Let me see. Can is there anybody that you know that you can grab? Because we're we're here for another almost two hours, and would you or could well, you? Well, I, I can only be here till. Uh, but no, I'm literally. No, you really. It's, it's, it's really gone, Kenton. I can't. It goes in. It catch a word and then it fizzles. So, oh God. Damn it! <laughs> no, no one knew this was going to happen except we can't even blame it on Lou. Um, if you can think of a way, or Lou can think of a way, we'll have you up. But it's just—it's not. You can't. Yeah, I, I'm so angry because I read all this new stuff and I wanted to bounce it off you. Um, 
You're, thank you. I mean, let's let's well, see. Well, sure. I mean, can you? Can you I, wish, I wish I could think of something that we could do. But here now, so right now, it's real clear. It came well, in real, real clear right there. I stepped across the hall. I can well, stare. Okay. So you did move. That's good. Sometimes just moving on, yes. a, on a cell phone. All right, stay there for a second. Let's pick up. The, right. Let's pick up the question. Uh, the book is uh, Lone Star Speaks. Um, why and how did you get interested in this? We'll begin again. I've always been interested in history. So even at 11 years old, I realized when the president is shot in front of God knows how many witnesses, there's no chance this is a natural death, that this is history. My grandparents lived in Dallas. Oh, man. Katana, I'm telling you, we just lost you. You're going cracking out oh, again. Oh, gosh. It, must, it has to be the cell phone, I guess. Yeah, I think, how about this? Uh, they're telling you what to do. Go outside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hope it's not, and call us back. And let's see if we can get you, uh, get you cleaner that way. Okay, uh, I'm I, on the front porch. I'll call you back. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, uh-huh, bye-bye. The, bye. They are both great historians. What do we go? Give me a. I can pull a call up there, Lou. Who's there's somebody sitting up there to talk on line one. Um, okay, we have all these people. Yeah, we're trying to do this right. Apologize. Sixty years ago, twenty second November sixty three, and why doesn't it go away? Uh, while we're waiting for her, I will do this. We'll, we can take care of all of this. It's the Black Eyed P. Last Saturday, uh, Saturday, last Sunday morning, with uh, with with all the outlaw friends. We went to the Black Eyed Pea in, in, in Castle Rock is open for breakfast. So we all went, went motorcycle down there, and it was great. I mean, everybody went, wow. And the locally owned and operators, eight locations, Steve and Michelle, who are just great folks, and I love the restaurant. There's eight locations. The one in Castle Rock serves breakfast. So when's the last time you took your family to eat at the Black Eyed Pea? Now, Thanksgiving's here. It's going to be here soon. It's like a couple of days, and... It's easier to give thanks, and you don't have to cook if you haven't made up your mind yet. The P. Well, P will open Thanksgiving Day from 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon and serve all your all your holiday favorites from turkey and old-fashioned country ham, slow-cooked pot roast. That's for 24 bucks. There's a kid's menu. Bring the whole family, save room for desserts, pumpkin pie, pecan pie, cherry cobbler, and ice cream. Stand back. Holiday catering is available. And go to the the back the Black Eyed Pea app, or go to their website and select pickup, and you can place your order, and then pick it up and go home and have Thanksgiving. I love everything about the restaurant, the folks, and everybody that's there, and they were so good to us. Breakfast at the Pea was wonderful. I know you can do it as well. Let me let them tell you. Then let them cook for you, and keep it in Colorado. Visit the Black Eyed Pea near you. I right, want to try it again, my boy. Let's see where she is. Want to Lou? Want to try it again? Give her. A, uh, she's down on line four, right? Is she on on four? All right, let's try that. Better at all? Cantana, there you are, Peter. We're back up. We're live. That sounds pretty good. Let's let's go with that. Uh, and if not, <laughs> we tried. So again, about yourself and being drawn into this this puzzle. But it's more about that now. It's so, it's so overwhelmingly evident that the government lied. So. Turn it over to you again, please. I think I didn't. Even at 11 years old, I realized that the newspaper stories were changing. Honey, it's bad. It's, Ugh. It's, Ugh. it's bad. Yeah. Guys, Lou, you're the man in charge of all of this. Um, <laughs> you're sitting outside now? Um, can't tell me you're sitting outside? Yes, yes. I'm um, outside of the country. Where else can we walk to? How? I, why don't we do this, Lou? Why, why don't you put her on hold, talk to her, have her, have her walk. And uh, Cantana, he's going to put you on hold, and you can walk and see if we can pick up a clear clear signal, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you, ma'am. All right. We'll go back to our phones, our local phone. Go to Mary. Okay. Uh, this is Mary. Hey, Mary, good morning. It's a Saturday. You're on 710 KNUS. Yes, good morning. Thank you so much for doing this program. Oh, you're welcome. I have, I'm very interested in hearing about Lone Star's story because uh, I grew up in Texas, in Dallas, on a one-block-long street. Our next-door neighbor worked 
for Mr. Zapruder, Abraham Zapruder's purse and belt factory. And so uh, in preparation to see the motor presidential motorcade, uh, Billy and uh, the other staff went down on the street and Billy said those shots, she said this for years to us, those shots came from the grassy oh, knoll. absolutely. And then uh, Mr. Zapruder and the staff got back on the freight elevator to go back upstairs mm-hmm. to work, and she would always say to us, I never saw another human being who had a redder face than Mr. Zapruder. She said he was he must have been just so taken by what he had captured on film. He just could hardly cope with it. Mm-hmm. On the other end of our now, let me start, let me take a comment there and then bring it back. Yes, in the yes. um there's it's called the Doctors Speak, the Parkland Doctors. And they totally rejected the Warren Commission the uh of course, the the lead physicians are now are are they're gone, or many of them are gone. But it's this total dose of skepticism, and those guys, apparently, the guys in the in the operating room, or the or they they knew that, or they, they said that they the wound. They all agreed the wound had come from the front front and hit him in the throat, and of course, all that got gets spiked in the Warren Commission. Exactly. Now, on the on the other end of our little one-block-long street was a family whose father, husband, was the manager of the Dallas Hilton Hotel oh, downtown. Wow. Wow. And my mother would tell us stories about when she would leave to go to work. She was teaching in a Catholic grade school. And she'd leave about the same time every morning, and she would see a car parked in front of the Martin's house, and two men, nicely dressed, would get out of the car and walk towards Wanda's front door. Well, later we figured out those were the Secret Service men because Marina Oswald was sequestered in the Martin's home. They hit her. They hit her out. Yeah. And our, uh, my family's home telephone was uh, tapped. Uh, I was away at college when this happened, and I called home, which was, you know, in those days, really pretty <laughs> expensive. Unusual. Yes, yes. And yeah. on when my I'm talking to my dad, and it's click. Yeah. Click. And I said, Pa, what what's that clicking on your phone? He says, our phones are tapped. Marina yeah. Oswald is living with the Martins yeah. at the end of the street. Oh, there were so many stories like that where <laughs> this is why this, we think we got her back up and bring her in clear a bit. Good. Um, the stuff I've been reading recently, and the one that was jumped off the page and will go to Cantana with it, is they did a paraffin test on Oswald. None of the stuff has ever been released. They did a paraffin test on Oswald Oswald's cheek after he was arrested. And it suggested he had not fired a rifle. Now, do with that as you may, but it's now part of what's being released. I love your call. Be safe. Thank you. Are you ready, man? Give it a shot again. All right, let's try it again. Hey, Cantana, let's see if we're lucky. Good morning and welcome back. Well, thank you, Pete. Can you hear me? Ah. <laughs> um, Let's, I can hear you well, loud and clear. So, so it's Lou's fault. We'll just blame it on Lou. But did have you looked at these recent releases, like the, the the Parkland Hospital? Those guys are talking, and the guy that was in the cell next to Oswald, and then all the other stuff, and now the the magic bullet theory. It kind of throws everything out the window. That there was nothing straight about the Warren Commission. Your thoughts about that? I'm, I'm beginning to think full circle, but this has been this. Cantana, this is. I'm sorry, man. Which this isn't coming oh, through. Me too, Victor. Um, Lou, you want to stay with her and put her on hold and have her walk again, see so if we can clean this puppy up. Lou, Lou says he'll he'll try. You're back on hold. Lou says he'll try. Um, 
We'll go back to our phones. We go to we go to Ron on line one. Hey, Ron, good morning, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, sure, Peter. Um, in my opinion, I believe it was LBJ. Are you there? I'm here. Okay, uh, LBJ. Uh, people, I don't know if they know, but his wife owned a munitions uh, company, and uh, they had they supplied all the munitions for the Korea, uh, Vietnam War. Well, the problem and, the problem with the LBJ story is the um, Air Force One. The pilot was an Air Force full colonel, and when they got Jack, when they waiting for Jack's body, and Lyndon Johnson got him, he was sworn in. He's on the plane, and according to what's been written, he totally lost his load, and he was he was well, he was hiding and saying, you know, "They're going to kill us all," and the colonel well, the colonel had to stand him up and slap he slapped the president of the United States across the face. And in, to straighten him out. So, Lyndon well, Johnson's a weird character. Well, uh, the thing about it, his wife had the munitions company. I've never heard that. She owned she owned a radio station, a television station, and a bunch of other stuff. Where can I yeah. see what was what? Where can I read that Lady Bird owned an ammo factory? Well, there was she owned that. She owned the. Uh, they had billion dollar contracts back huh. in the six. And uh, 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 Kennedy was going to stop it, and they were going to lose yeah. a ton. Uh, well, again, they, yeah, that's one of the theories. Back to, the, the CIA did the CIA didn't want out, and that was one of the again suppositions. But I've never heard. I'm going to Google it right now if Lady Bird earned, owned an ammo plant. But I, yeah. I, you know, I've read a lot about these people. She owned. The W was W, is it K or W L B J, AM and FM and the television station, and they, she was uh, what was her Claudia was her real name, Claudia. Uh, by the way, Billy, uh, uh, Billy, listen to me. Um, this is from somebody. Look at me, Lou. <laughs> He's so busy on the other side. Love the call, man. Thank you very much. Three zero three, six nine six nineteen seventy one. Um, this guy's telling her, tell her to turn off her Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Everybody says they're not connected, but they are. Fair enough. All right, let's start all over again. 303-696-1971. Good morning, everyone. Did you tell her? This is from uh, this is from the wall. Tell her to turn off her Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Everybody says they are not related, but it works for me. Oh, man, God love her. I want her on the air so bad. Uh, Stack Optical, while we're waiting, my good friend Alan Stack, Stack Optical, has been serving the Denver area since 1968, focusing on providing the highest standards of customer service. They have the greatest selections of eyewear. They're doing the work on appointments to be sure to call ahead before coming in. If you have a difficult prescription, and they can help, I got one now, and their on-site eyewear production lab delivers the best quality prescription sunglasses Sporting lenses and eyeglasses, all of my glasses are from Stack. The motorcycle glasses, the prescription skiers, sunners, you name it, Alan's done it all for me. So now they do it by appointment, not not by appointment only, but by appointment, which makes it pretty cool for you. 2233 South Monaco Parkway near South Monaco and Evans. You call them today and ask for the $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578, 303 303- Three two one one five seven eight, and visit them online at Stack Optical. They're easy to find. Twenty two thirty three South Monaco. It's almost South Monaco and Evans, and they're on the west side. And they're StackOptical dot com. And Alan's my guy. Premier Care Vision Health Stack Optical for the longest time. Tell him Peter Boyle sent you. Three zero three three two one one five seven eight. All right, we're gonna. What do you want to do? We're going to ta- all right, Lou says we're taking a break. Lou says that we do it. I'm Peter Boyles. This is Radio Free Denver, good old 710 KNUS. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. 
Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. That was perhaps one of the most famous moments. And, of course, it's Walter Cronkite, and he he gets catches his throat. He's crying. Morning, everybody. 710 KNUS. I'm Peter Boyles. It's good to have you here. 63, the high. 57, rain comes tomorrow and Monday. She has got to be the toughest woman I know. She's moved. Why don't you try bringing her up? Maybe I get bypass it, Lou, and have her come up. There she is. All right, one more time. Quintana, let's try this one. Good morning and thank you. <laughs> is this better, Peter? It is wonderful. It's good. Yeah, good. How how far do you have to drive? <laughs> well, not that far, but still, it's crazy that just moving a little bit would make that much. Oh, difference. it does. I mean, being on not that I understand it, but I because I'm working on this end of the mic, it happens all the time. So, and Sarah Peterson, who is your co- co-author, is under the weather. And this this book, when I first read it. All the insights into the assassination of John Kennedy. Let's try again um, why you were drawn to this. Number two, have you looked at all of this? I'm sure you have all this new evidence, if you would, please. Yes, I was drawn to it because it was historical. I love history. My grandparents lived in Dallas, so they were right in the middle of all this. Uh, Yes, the new evidence which I guess they call new, I'm not really sure is that new at all. I feel like we're coming full circle because the doctors verifying that, yes, the throat wound was an yeah. entry wound, yeah. was said at the very beginning, but it was they were shut up and threatened. And so now it's a matter of maybe it takes 60 years for people's and their their next generation to feel free to say, go ahead and say what I told you in 1963. I'm not scared anymore. Or maybe their children are going to have the courage, and that's what it will take, to say, this is what my father saw. This is what my mother heard. And take it for what it's worth. It would mean uh, it's it changes everything. And like so many of us, that I'm not on your level, but this, I think the whole world goes sideways when John Kennedy's murdered. But that Lawrence Klein, and he was the third-year medical student at the University of Texas, and he was doing a rotation at Parkland Memorial Hospital, and he was in the ER when they brought Jack Kennedy in, and and they talked to him. He talked about the, the trauma room one, and I'm working off my notes and my, my reading, but he was this wounded Texas Governor John Conley and the magic bullet theory. Talk about what the Secret Service agent is now saying. Uh, He's now 88 years old. I've been reading him. It is yours again. Well, Peter, this story immediately struck a chord with Sarah and me because in our book, we had spoken to a man who lived next door to Secret Service agent Sam Kinney, who was driving the follow-up car. He had already told Gary Locks the story that at Parkland, he admitted, I'm the one who asked for the bucket of water so that I could clean up the gore, and that's the word he used, the gore in the back seat. And he said, I I did not even think I'm destroying evidence. It didn't seem to matter. It was so horrible that I didn't want the American public to see this. I knew Jackie wouldn't want anyone to see this. I knew President Kennedy wouldn't want anyone to remember him like this. So he said, yes, I did that. And while he was doing that, he found a bullet that appeared to be, uh, I don't remember him describing it as having blood on it. It was pristine. They all said it was pristine. I mean, you know, at least close, yeah. And he said, I saw it. It was just a reminder of I knew he was dead. You couldn't look at that back seat and think he had a chance to live. And so he said, I picked it up. I was so disgusted with everything, probably including themselves for not being able to protect him. And he said, I walked into the hallway outside of trauma room one, and I tossed that bullet onto a gurney that was just standing there. Now, this story sounds 
so similar to that. And Paul Landis was in the same car as Sam Kenny. I wouldn't doubt Sam Kenny may have shared this with more than just his neighbor. I don't know if Paul Landis, after 60 years, has gotten the two stories confused. What I can't quite understand, and see what you think, how could a pristine, unused, unspent, or a spent bullet, but one that had been shot from somewhere, lie horizontally where the bubble top would attach after Clint Hill had crawled all over the back of that car? I agree. I mean, I, I mean, why would it still be there? Yeah. That that either sounds planted, planted or someone got confused and put Sam Kinney's story in See, with their own. I personally believe it was a plant. They put it. They put that bullet there. Even when the when John Connolly, who was the Texas governor, traveling in the president's limo, he, he said, "I wasn't hit by that same bullet," and he contradicts the Warren Commission. Sure. And nobody nobody pays any attention to what he says. Exactly. They ignored the governor, who was a prime witness oh. and a victim. Oh. They literally ignored him. I, I mean, let me umbrella this or make it go higher. Um, and, and it's almost like this we were talking about in in, uh, in the mob. By the way, Cantana Zachary is our guest, Lone Star Speaks. And this has been these 60 years, hard to believe, since the... The killing, I let it go at that, of Jack Kennedy. Um, the Warren Commission's job was to do what? It was to investigate, supposedly. But they didn't have their own investigators, so who did they have to rely on? Mm-hmm. The FBI. Well, that's like letting the possible suspects run the show. And the CIA and Edgar Hoover and, you know, that great list of men who were and, you know, the same thing reappears again in the 9-11 Commission, where they don't talk about the Saudi Arabians, or if they do, it's still suppressed. And the Saudis are directly behind what happened on the terrible day. Not No Iraqis and certainly uh, no Afghans were on those planes. And so I look at all that stuff. and Exactly. Anytime you redact information so that the public can't see it, yeah. anytime you ignore, alter whatever you've already told you have just pretty much raised a flag saying we're not going to tell you the whole truth because you can't handle it well or, or because we can't handle it we don't know well, so what do you think the truth is on the planning and on all the you know when when the warren commission and i remember this because i'm like an old guy but the warren commission wanted us to believe that this Harvey Oswald, we never knew who he was. He just came out of nowhere. He's just like this crazy. Now we find out under Angleton's work, they've been working, they've been dealing with Oswald for four years. This is all the recent releases. Talk to that if you would. Well, I'll tell you, when it comes to like the truth and why the records haven't been released and why some of them probably never will be, I remember a quote from a man named Rafael Quintero. Mm -hmm. He was a Cuban exile who had worked with the CIA and with RFK as part of the Amworld project, you know, trying to get rid Mm -hmm. of Castro. Someone asked him about basically, why don't y'all just come clean and tell what you know? And his answer was, if I was to tell you what I know about Dallas and the Bay of Pigs, it would be the greatest scandal that's ever rocked this nation. Now, my gosh, if they really realize this would make our government look so horrible that we might have another American revolution, I'm not going to tell that. That was uh, back to Klein and those guys that were in Parkland. Uh, They walked out of the Warren Commission and or were never asked. And now they're coming out and saying, no, there's no they were there's like, I think, four or five physicians in that room. And they were in agreement that the first shot hit him in the throat. Yes. I mean, they, they, that was what they heard these guys. They're, they're looking at this, at, at the, the dead body of John Kennedy and said, no, you shot in the throat. What the commission, they, the commission never even let those guys near. No, because that, the, the official story had to be that Oswald, 
who was, you know, whoever were Oswald, and we've always wondered what would have happened if Oswald had called in sick that yeah. Friday. Oh, man. There was someone else they were going to blame, you know, blame this yeah. on. There always is. So whoever the patsy was going to end up being had already been selected. The location had already been selected because of where he was or where he was near. And we're not going to change that story just because of some inconvenient truths. Yeah. I mean, and also, and I know from it's been a while since I read your book, but you you did good work on, on, on Jack Ruby. And the idea, once again, that seems so absurd, but... I remember my mom woke me up and said, come down and watch it. And I saw the replay. But Mm. here's this guy that just happened to wander in with a handgun. (laughs) And and at the same time, they're moving Oswald. And and he just was this emotionally distraught. He was going to try. I think he said or they said he was uh, going to save Jackie Kennedy and her children from the trial, which I thought, no, you're laughing like I'm laughing now. And but he was involved. Well, we weren't laughing at the time. Oh but my that heavens. is the first time I heard adults saying, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, something's fishy here." Part of what Mark Lane said, and I had an experience. I met actually met him. He said that Jack, that Lee Harvey Oswald recognized Jack Ruby in that corridor. Have you ever heard that? I have heard people say they thought, and I've watched this closely, I can't really see what I would call a look of recognition. Okay. Uh, but but maybe it's just a matter of interpretation. Uh, I don't know. I do know there. I have seen a document from the Dallas Police Department that two months before the assassination over at Mary Bledsoe's boarding house, there was a, a problem, a scuffle with some of the boarders. Mm-hmm. And she called the Dallas police in. And guess who's on the police report, the investigation report? O.H. Lee, yeah. who happened to have a, a card in his wallet identifying himself as Alec Cadell. Yep. Jack Rubenstein yep. and a man named H.H. Grant. No, it's, I mean, now, I've people seen have that. said, well, the Dallas police made this up. The Dallas police did not want no. a connection between Rubenstein and Oswald. That's true. I don't think they would have made up a a arrest report now they let them go because all they done is have a scuffle and supposedly mm-hmm. she you know said well they broke some of my furniture but immediately the next day she kicked oswald out and that's why he went to the beckley boarding house and it's um, again cantana zachary historian our guest it has been these 60 years since jack kennedy's killed in dallas but um Mark Lane said, and do with you know, I, he's the first guy I ever read that Rush to Judgment book. And I, yes. how, how I met him was he, he was involved with Jim Jones in Jonestown, you know, do with that as you may. Yes. And he yes. was in town, and I got him to sit in the studio at a, one of the fir- actually the first talk station, and we talked. But he said to me, now, he said that Jack, excuse me, Oswald said, Jack, you son of a bitch before he shot him. and I well, See, I had heard that that was another police officer that said that. Oh, but okay. But who knows? Who knows? I'm not really sure. There was so much chaos going on. Uh, thank goodness there were cameras there, or we would have never heard what, what went on. But that doesn't mean that when all the chaotic... I don't know who said what. Well, one of the I'm things, not sure you would have been capable of saying that. One, one of the things that we do know is that Dallas cops hung out in the carousel club. And Jack, oh, yeah. Jack, talk about that. He always took care of the cops. He, well, of course, and he probably wasn't the only one. I would guess that the other nightclub owners did because you didn't want to be shut down any more often than you all probably mm-hmm. were for selling illegal alcohol. Now, one thing about um, Jack Ruby is uh, everyone from Madeline Brown and uh, a woman who came and talked to us about her aunt being one of his bookkeepers, they all knew that he ran illegal poker parties in the uh, after hours. That's why so many people went. They didn't care about the strip shows. Women are going to go watch strip shows, but they were there for the illegal poker parties. Yeah. So one of some of those people were Dallas cops. Yes. Of course, he was in with the cops. And he just literally walks down the through the garage with a gun and uh, happens. But you know that's yeah. contradictory too. Yeah. Some people have said yes, and that certainly could have happened. Uh, 
I heard someone the other day say that I believe it was Mark Lane that said he, um, Mm -hmm. yes, it was Mark Lane who said that the assistant chief of police, Batchelor, had escorted him and that he was going to do a press conference and show his uh, evidence of this. But I don't know if he ever did. Now, think about this. If you're a, a plain old cop on duty and the assistant police chief walks by with Jack Ruby with you, you're not going to stop Jack Ruby. You're going to assume he was with Bachelor, whether he was or not. Jump back again to Ruby, the so-called Texas Dixie Mafia that is controlled by Carlos Marcello, who is an enemy of Bobby Kennedy's. How where's the connection to Jack through the mafia in New Orleans? That's interesting. We are headed to a presentation in 20 minutes where we're going to be talking about the Dixie Mafia and George McGann because he's from West Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only was uh, Ruby connected to Marcelo and Joe Savillo in mm-hmm. uh, Dallas and the Campeses and people of that uh, group, uh, Lyndon Johnson had taken money from Carlos Marcelo. It's almost like Marcelo was smart enough to cover his bases by, I'm going to buy all sorts of people. I think the mob did that in general. We know Kennedy's connections to Giancana. Uh, I I think they were smart enough to, like Giancana said, we're going to support Nixon. We're going to support JFK. Either way, we've got our finger in the pie, no matter who gets elected. That's how the mafia works. So it also means that if you displease them and you don't follow through on what they consider a promise, then they're going to take action. And Jack Ruby's up close and personal shot right in the stomach is the way the mob usually executes people. I uh, I talked to the Giancanas in their book, Double Cross, and yes, they laid it out. Book. I mean, they just boomed that, you know, we did this for you, you owe us, and... And his, and his brother, Bob, was trying to knock their bank out of action, Jimmy Hoffa. And, Car- and Carlos actually, Bobby deported, deported Carlos and put him, really, and put him in the middle of nowhere in Guatemala. <laughs> I mean, yes. that's, that's a, and so he had, they had every reason in the world to believe that Jack Kennedy was going to be their guy. He was a swinger. He was hanging out with the Rat Pack. He was chasing women. They were setting him up. And then Boom. And, and the mob doesn't forgive. Oh. And the other part of it is just before they're going to be brought before is Johnny Rosselli and, and there's Momo Giancana. They were going to appear before, and they were both both murdered. Yes. And, you know, we uh, there's an interesting story. Um, an interesting man named Roderick McKenzie says that he was sitting – in the cafeteria basement of not Parkland, but Baylor Hospital, with John Roselli mm. and a man from Dallas, J- Jake Miranda, who who was there. I mean, I've checked on him. Uh, and the question is, all right, all the action's going to Parkland. Why are you waiting in Baylor? Mm-hmm. We had a lady come tell us just out of the blue, a sweet lady. She said, I just want you to know that my husband worked at Baylor uh, Hospital on that day that Kennedy was killed. And we're thinking, well, she's confused, but you know, we, well, that's nice, ma'am. And she said, but Baylor was on call. They were the nice hospital, the upper hospital, and they were officially on call. So that if someone had food poisoning or anything like that in the Boulder cave, they, Kennedy was supposed to have been taken to Baylor. Only the fact that it was a serious, serious gunshot and that they were closer to Parkland. That's the only reason he was taken to Parkland. Yeah, you're, you so have, is it coincidence Roselli was sitting in the Baylor no. cafeteria? Ro- Roselli was the go-between between Howard Hughes, CIA, uh, the anti-Castro Cubans, uh, the guys, the mob that wanted back into Havana. John Roselli is a, a, a pivotal guy. There's a new book out uh, about Johnny Roselli. It's a really great read. And they take him fishing, he thinks, and they kill him and cut oh. him up and they put him in a 55 gallon drum and yes. because of body gas the drum floats to the surface and they find what's left of Johnny and yeah. uh, no and uh, uh, can we keep you or do you have to go I've got about 15 20 more minutes well, we're gonna we're, we're up against our permanent break so what do we do here Lou well 
Uh, we got to go to break. Let me put you on hold. Sure, go ahead. Hang That's on, Lou. Put her on hold if you would. Good morning, everybody. Seven ten K in U.S. Denver's talk station. It is a Saturday. Twin Aspen Dental Center firmly believes the preventive and and again proactive dental care is the best way for you to enjoy a healthy smile for as long as it's possible. Sometimes you might need a tooth replacement, a fractured tooth, a failed root uh, root root canal, or a permanent tooth that can. Never, never grow in again can leave you with an annoy, uh, this very, the, the gap thing, the annoying gap that you want filled. Ta-da! Doctors Richter and Dr. Snyder always take time to hear your concerns and come up with a plan that's just right for you. Taking a conservative approach, they always tell patients that an implant is a single-tooth solution to a single-tooth problem. For your convenience... They accept most dental insurance plans and even offer a reduced-fee dental membership plan that allows individuals and families to receive preventative medicine in addition to quality dental treatments at reduced prices. Truly, take the first step towards keeping your smile great and getting a better smile. Our friends at TwinAspenDentalCenter.com find out more about what they can do. They well, they do my teeth, my my son, my daughter. TwinAspenDentalCenter.com, 303 841-7463. I said 6366 with apologies. 303-841-7466. Dyslexia strikes again. Don't wait. TwinAspenDentalCenter.com. Morning, everybody. 710 KNUS on a Saturday, November the 18th. 63, the high. And then it turns back around. we got rain coming in for a couple of days. Final couple of moments because she's on her way to a conference. A brilliant historian has always been a great friend of the show's. Uh, Cantana Zachary on uh, the murder of Jack Kennedy. One of the things, I've got so many things I wanted to talk to you about, but one of the recent uh, doctor's conclusions or some of the papers that were released suggested that that they did a paraffin test on Oswald's cheek after he was arrested, suggesting he had not fired a rifle at all. Now, that's one of those barn burners. What do you do with that? I don't know how anyone could have kept him as a suspect after that, because how do you fire a rifle if your cheek doesn't touch the barrel of the, yeah. I mean, the stock of the gun? Uh, the argument was, well, there isn't always, you know, that isn't always an accurate test. And that doesn't mean he didn't yeah. fire a rifle. Yeah. But I think on a witness stand, yes, a defense attorney would have said this man shouldn't have even been arrested. Once, you know, once you found out he didn't have any paraffin right. on his Lim- Limited time. How and why did they kill John Kennedy? Well, that is a huge umbrella question because so many people were involved and they probably each had their own personal reason. And it's one of the oddities of human beings. We may hate each other's guts, but if we all have a common goal, and we're all going to benefit, why not work together at least on one project? And it also muddies the water so that fingers can't be pointed at just one person. So I think there were multiple reasons for why John Kennedy was killed, and lots of people were happy afterwards, despite what our history books tell us. But I do think uh, Dorothy Kilgallen would be so, the journalist would be so thrilled that people were still looking into this because it only two months before she, she died, was, she was murdered. Yeah. Yeah. It, she had told, she had printed in one of her columns that this story is not going to die as long as there's a real reporter mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. And there are a lot of them, but we also know that William Colby admitted that the CIA owns every one of its significance in the mass media. Yep. So it, it's hard to get those independent reporters and researchers who are willing to stick their necks out and say, I don't care if the official story says so-and-so, there's too much evidence that contradicts it. And again, I'm reading the doctors now from Parkland, and just a quote, look at the Zabruder film, are referring to the famous, I'm reading this, home movie footage of the killing. Kennedy's head goes flying backwards. And the doctors say there's a theory, if you get hit by a bullet from behind, the head goes forward in the source of the, from the source of the bullet. And it's a common sense explanation. He was shot from the front. And even all these physicians in that room said that they, but they, the Warren Commission would not allow that stuff to be entered in because it didn't fit their theory, correct? Right. 
And there's also, and Phil Singer, who's a researcher, mm -hmm. and, and some others I'm sure have pointed this out, they told us that the film ran, that camera ran film, 18 frames per second. You look at frame 313 where the head it blows up, you know common sense tells you that was such a massive explosion and brain matter went so far that at least that lasted a half a second. All right, how come we only have one frame when there should have been at least six to nine of them based on how that camera operated? What would they show if you, you believe, what did, would they show if that were complete? Oh, I think it would be more gruesome than what we've seen. But there may be things like uh, witnesses, some witnesses said I, the Secret Service shouldn't have been blamed totally for not jumping off mm -hmm. their cars uh, because we saw some of them jump off. Well, if you're going to cut out certain frames that you think are going to uh, show evidence that the car stopped, for instance, or that the bullet came from in front, not from behind. You're going to cut out witnesses that might have been moving at that time. There's going to be all sorts of other things yeah. that have to be yeah. cut out. And that would also explain why the authorities grabbed as many photographs and other movies as they could, all under, you know, the authentic idea that we if have I, to look at. These. If I can sneak but one one last question, because I know you got to sure. go. Who had the motive to kill him? I mean, I can make a list. I can make a list. <laughs> oh, that, that, exactly. Everyone from our own government, because they weren't happy with how he was handling certain things. Some of them thought he was treasonous. Uh, everyone from the mafia, because of how he had not helped them out mm -hmm. the way they expected. Everyone from, um, let's face it, if this had been a typical man that we were investigating mm -hmm. a murder, they'd be looking at disgruntled husbands. And let's face it, Cord Meyer might have been one of those disgruntled husbands. His ex-wife, Mary, was having an affair with JFK. Oh, I know. So there were personal reasons, and there were official reasons, and there were business reasons, and the military wasn't happy with no, him either. They were not. And, so I mean, when you yeah. read things about how people were shocked, well, most of the American public was. But there was a large amount of people that were not shocked. I, I can't tell you how much you mean to me coming on the show, and I was, you know, and I'm sorry about what happened early on, but oh well, I'm glad we found a place. Oh, indeed, we have a good connection. The book I want to plug it's called "Lone Star Speaks: The Untold Texas Stories About the JFK Assassination," and Cantana and her partner Sarah wrote it. Enjoy, and I know it's a really busy time for you guys, but you have been so terrific to me. I want to thank you, and the book is well, more you, more than yeah. worth your while. I'll talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving. So we'll Thank talk you. soon. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you very much, Quintana. Thank you. All right, everybody on the phones, stay right there. And we'll continue again. 60 years ago today, today, 60 years ago, the 22nd of November, and now there's new evidence and it's scary. So ask yourself why. It's going to be 63 for a high, 57, rainy tomorrow, Monday, 47. Lou, it's all yours. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.